So I'd like to welcome onto the show, Lockie Stewart. How you doing, Lockie? Yeah, going really well, mate. It's so good to uh, see your face again. Yeah, awesome. It's been too long, actually. Too long. We were just saying, actually, weren't we, before we chatted, that um, it was about two years ago, and probably if I wasn't doing this now, we're too busy doing other stuff, we probably wouldn't have caught up again. So. Yeah, 100%. I think life gets in the way quite easily. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> so you're hey, looking great, mate. journey to where you've got to. Do you mind just starting... At the beginning, around the time when you were like just ripping it up on the track at school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ripping it up on the track. I, I think for me, that, that photo that we were just talking about before was taken when I was uh, 14 years old. and um, 14? Yeah, 14. So it was four years before that that I had ever been told that I had the potential to be a great athlete. That was when I, I made my first state championship. So for you guys in the UK, but over here, Queensland's one of the states I got to represent represent the state and after that you know mum and all of my friends around me built me up to like you, you have a whole heap of potential you can run so I just sunk my teeth into running for a few years and um, you know 14 was the year that I really excelled I broke the two minute mark for the uh, 800 meters which was awesome at that age 14 um, and finished second in Australia which was awesome so you know i was pretty i was a bit disappointed i didn't win it because I, I in my head i felt like i should have won it that bastard cut me off but anyway it is the what second it is. <laughs> fastest 14 year old in australia yeah disappointment yeah <laughs> but, um, that, that was also the first time it really came into question that um where i was going and how i was doing things may not be the the right way you know it's the first time i really started experiencing bully uh bullying i was fortunate enough to uh, the year before, get a, a sporting scholarship to uh, a really prestigious rugby school. Um, and, you know, that first year I sort of fly, flew under the radar because obviously coming into a new school, no one really takes notice of people. But I was a skateboarder and a runner. And uh, when I started cleaning up the running, people obviously started taking more notice. But then they also started seeing my other hobbies of skateboarding and uh, didn't like it. So the the rugby boys started, you know, doing what they do best and sort of picking on, picking on you for that way. So for the first time I started questioning whether running was what I wanted to do. And that was the path that I wanted to take, or I was like, I just, I want to be left alone yeah. and I want to fit in. So that's when I started really thinking about, you know, hitting, hitting the rugby up. Cause I did play rugby. I also played it, but it, you know, I was, I was a little whippersnapper. I was skinny and not, not caught, you know, I wasn't a, wasn't a rugby player. But <laughs> How times have changed. Lockie yeah, how... has his top on if you go on his social media. So. <laughs> I'm wearing a jumper now because we're down. <laughs> no, no, I didn't expect it to be honest. Mate, we're 23 degrees here in Brisbane today. Uh, <laughs> it's chilly. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So from from that sort of moment, that's when I um, gave into peer pressure, gave into you know the environment that I was in, and started playing playing uh, rugby and wanted to be the best. And fortunately, that worked out for me. Um, played first 15, became one of the popular rugby guys. And uh, pursued that after and was fortunate enough to go play over in, in France, um, which, you know, taught me a whole heap of incredible stuff. And, you know, one thing I shared with a guy yesterday, um, it was around when I was finishing school that I knew I didn't really enjoy football or rugby. So uh, I was purely just doing it for dad's yeah. acceptance. Like that's how that's the, the communication line we had. And secondly, because I didn't get picked on and it made me feel tough. It made me 
you know, get get that respect that I I wanted. Yeah. How old were um, you at this point when you went to France? When I was went to France, I was twenty. Okay. Yeah. So, and you didn't know anyone else there at the time. No, no one, and not many people spoke the language. So the reason why I went to France was, you know, I ha- had had a crack here in uh, Australia trying to uh, live the football dream, and. Uh, I had a, had a, I was in a long-term relationship, so I was with that partner for six years. So pretty much since I was, you know, 14, but you know, doing what young kids do, I was cheating and, you know, I was just a kid, you know, that's how I validate those behaviors. But, um, you know, I went through a lot of heartache and there was a lot of lacking of understanding of the emotions that I was experiencing. Um, so if I didn't know how to fulfill those sorts of needs or gaps, I would, you know, go out and, uh, find other ways to do that. Right. And, you know, for me, at the time I wanted to be the real tough guy. So I didn't mind getting in a scrap or a fight um, was fun. Or, you know, if I wasn't feeling like my partner at the time was giving me the, the love and stuff that I was craving, I would, you know, it wasn't that hard to find somewhere else, find, find it somewhere else because, you know, I was the, the football guy. Yep. Um, so, you know, it worked out well, but you know, every time I sort of, made those silly decisions i i would wake up the next day like probably a lot of people who've done similar things going fuck yeah why'd they do that like it didn't actually solve the problem and uh you know the best thing and a guy asked me the other day what's one of the worst things that's ever happened to you and i think we've all my siri on my watch just went off look at that for real life (laughs) (laughs) um was when when that uh partner broke up with me and i blamed i lied i manipulated i did everything under the sun as to why it was my fault and why she was overreacting and making the worst decision of her life and she took me back once more and obviously gave me the flick again and it was at that time that you know i no lie would work nothing would work she didn't want to get back with me she was done and rightfully so and it was the best thing ever so you know i couldn't hang around that environment because all of my mates were friends with her you know we went to school together so um all of our friends were intertwined and i just couldn't i didn't know how to deal with it i didn't know how to express what i was experiencing so i did what a lot of lads that i hung out with did ate a lot of recreational drugs drank a lot of beer and just became someone that i didn't like but it felt good at the time and it got to a point where you know i think i knew deep down that i wasn't that kind of person and i didn't want to behave that way and you know i was still still love sport like i I didn't want to, I was smoking even, right? And I, I was fit and healthy and I didn't want to be doing these things. So I was like, right, fuck this. I'm going to prove to her that she's just made the biggest mistake ever. And I, you know, emailed my rugby CV to, I couldn't even tell you how many clubs in the UK and uh, uh, Europe just to go play overseas because I wanted to get away. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, fortunately enough, that, that happened, right? I got that uh, contract in France and I thought, here it is, this is it, right? I'm going to, you know, got got a good salary. I'm going to be a big deal again. I thought it was going to, my life was going to be solved just by that one thing. What I later learned, learned was uh, I was still going to be facing the same shit. The same <laughs> insecurities were there. The the questions that I'd been running from, the pain, the heartache, all of that followed me to France. And after a while, when I got into routine over there, you know, my routine was train in the morning, watch YouTube all day, train at night, like. I, I was lonely. And so then I was stuck there with my thoughts. And after a while, I realized that, you know, she wasn't to blame. No one else was to blame. It was me. And all that stuff was going to follow me until I fucking dealt with it. 
And, uh, you know, when I, I moved back to Australia in 2013, so what's it, seven years ago, and I st once again still, you know, I had all those realizations, but I got comfortable in my environment again, started a, a building apprenticeship with my dad because, you know, I didn't know what to do. I'd, I'd given up sport or given up the, the dream of professional sport. Uh, I wasn't going to go to university because I just didn't think that was for me. I didn't want to do a trade originally because I thought that was for, you know, my belief was for people who couldn't do anything else, which is a really bad belief I had. Um, but I started laboring and then dad's like, well, if you're going to just keep rocking up every day, you might as well get something for it and get a, get a trade. So fortunately I, I did do that. But wow. during that process, I, I went through, you know, that who am I? I I'm better than this. I, something's missing. I don't want to be doing this and went on a really bad eight month drug bender, as I, I would call it, where it was, you know, from Wednesdays to Sundays, just nonstop on all kinds of recreational um, drugs and I just find people to, to support that habit yeah and it got got to a point where you were still able to do the trade though with it just being recreational were you yeah 100% oh, yeah. mate I was a fucking useless like so <laughs> if I if I'm honest with when I was doing my trade I was fortunate because my dad was my employer like if I didn't fucking feel like working that day I wasn't gonna like I didn't care yeah so you know I was fortunate in that but it was probably had it been any other employer I would have got my ass kicked yeah um but, you know, it got to that point where I was taking that many drugs and I hated myself. Like looking back, that's what it was, that I was taking enough drugs going, this could kill me, but I don't care. I'm not worried. I never intentionally was like, I want to die. But I knew that the things that I was doing at that point in my life could have killed me. And I was at the point where I was like, this is fine because I don't see myself. You're not that happy. Oh, yeah, at that yeah. time. So nah. you're happy doing the drugs at that time. So it's yeah. like, oh man, yeah, exactly. Even to this day, I always say to my partner now, or mates, like, if I think about doing, you know, the things that I was doing, it's it's exciting. I, I get excited by it because there was a lot of fun times with it. Don't get me wrong, but it, I have since learned that I could have just as much fun and enjoyment without it. I just had to figure myself out and be a bit bit more honest with myself to to get there. Yeah, so yeah, even yeah. to this day, like I've. I might have a few beers with some mates here and I'm like, oh, fuck, I wouldn't mind getting some, some Charlie, you know, getting, getting on something like that. That might be fun. But then I think, so then I think for, for what fucking purpose, mate? Like you did that when you couldn't communicate. You did that when you were in a heap of pain and you were trying to, you know, just not give yourself any answers. But now you know life's good. You know you can communicate. You know you're sensible. You know you're going to enjoy where you are right now. That's not going to make it any better. Yeah, exactly. You think it will, but you know full well it's not and the, the the ripple effect of potentially doing that is probably not worth the trade-off right now yeah yeah sure so um yeah that that led me to uh where, where, where i can't even remember where we were but um oh yeah it led me led me to that point and uh in 20 like 2014 it started end of 2013 started 2014 i had that big rock i guess what i would call my rock bottom uh moment where you know, I was once again out partying, got in a uh, fight and it ended up pretty badly, but it, it stunned me sober is essentially how I look at it. And it was that moment where, you know, and I'd had plenty of warning signs in the lead up to that point that I'm better than this and you're, you're acting out of character and your life wasn't supposed to turn out like this. And that, that was that real moment for me where I was like, fuck it, I've got to change this. Like I'm 
not not meant for this and was that when that happened was that literally in the moment when you were do, when you, you were going through it it wasn't like a week later you were reflecting you were just nah, it was what? it was i can still remember it like i was at the stop at the top of the stairs and the guy was at the bottom of the stairs and i still just remember going fuck that's like, like a jason Bourne moment isn't it where he's suddenly yeah. like what yeah. who am i like this isn't me that's yeah insane and uh yeah that that that's where and you know a series of events happen after that which have changed my life right like i um after that i made the decisions like i'm not drinking i'm not doing any of that sort of stuff so went to a lot of my mates lived in brisbane at the time so i lived uh, in, a, in a country town west at, at this point in time i was like i'm going down to brisbane and i'm not drinking i'm not going to get caught up in that stuff anymore funnily enough i went down to brisbane caught up with a mate got drunk got hammered but <laughs> met my now partner right, right. so um that was the opportunity for me you know my my partner has got blue hair right you'd think you wouldn't forget that i woke up the next day thinking she had pink hair <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but um yeah that that for me was like all right well she knows none of my mates she know doesn't know my past and this is an opportunity for me to step up and be the person that i believe i can be and that's when i you know ultimately recreated myself i changed my environment i cut off people in my life that I didn't, you know, they were great people, but just weren't the best, like, you know, influence for, for me and, you know, the kind of life that I wanted to live in. Um, I was fortunate at the time to have a, a guy that I played rugby with actually from, uh, from uh, Bath in the UK. Really good, oh, okay. really good fella. Yeah. Um, but he gave me a book. And uh, the book, the only reason why I read it was because he was a high level rugby player. And I was like, if he's reading, surely, you know, I'll give it a crack. Yeah, sure. Um, and from that book, what was one the book? Of the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Oh, okay. Haven't read. Really, that. it's a small book, mate. That like you could you can see the, <laughs> the end from the beginning. Like it's quite small. But I was pretty stoked that I uh, finished a book, and um, then I also took something away from it. It was that that realization then that I realized that, you know, the the growth that I experienced or the way of my perspective changed reading that. So I was like, if I can do that with that book, what else can happen? What else can I learn? And I was like, from that, I was like, all right, I'm really curious about this. I want to find this next book. So I went on to how to win friends and influence people, seven habits of highly successful people. And I just started Googling what's the book or if anything grabbed my curiosity, I was like, I'm reading it. That's so similar. One of the first books I read, my, um, my ex was constantly during a period saying, read this book, read this book, read this book. And actually I wasn't interested. And I was like, and, and you, it became like a bit of a battle, like a, <laughs> because the more she'd push it, the more I didn't want to read it. And actually all the yep. books that she was suggesting I read then I'm, I've read now. And there was one book by Mark Devine called um, the unbeatable mind. And that was the one I picked it up and read it. Just couldn't put it down. And then, cause I got that satisfaction like you had about, well, I've read a book. I've actually done something pretty cool there. <laughs> yeah. I was never into reading. Then yeah. I've gone on this mad, like constantly reading different books and going on that journey. It's crazy. It's but funny how it to, happens. Did you find it easier then? Some, um, the moving away when you realize, when you had that realization, you didn't want to be that person anymore. Yeah. The moving away helped that because you could literally just set yourself and you weren't surrounded by all the people that knew you previously and you could literally just be the person that you want to be rather than other people judging you on a daily basis still. Yeah. And I, I think I, it also gave me the opportunity to think like to be by myself and not distract myself. I think 
you know, I was distracting myself with partying. I was distracting myself with girls. I was distracting myself with all this other bullshit that when, when I would experience um, different emotions and, you know, uh, it's probably the same over there, but over here where, uh, where I grew up and, you know, how a lot of men have generally been brought up is to not show emotion and don't up. cry and yeah, man up essentially that, that whole um, process. So the only way I knew how to deal with it was to make myself busy. Uh, I didn't know how to process my emotions or moods. I didn't know how to understand my um, moods or process them. So when I was over there and left to myself, I realized that like, I, I am the problem because nothing else came with me over here. I, I came by myself and the shit's still there. Same, yeah. I, so that, that ultimately then, you know, and it's funny, I had that realization there, but I went back to Australia and still fart assed around for eight more months before I really was like, right, I need to, you know, I'm better than this and it's time to really change. And I actually was um, doing a, a, just a podcast before talking about, um, you know, I, I've been struggling over here with, with all the changes at the moment, purely because I still hold myself to a standard. Um, you know, I still exercise every day. I still read every day. I still have my same habits and routines because of the standard that I want to be as a, as a person and as a man. And a lot of people around me, you know, live in, live in a household and um, people are watching on social media because I share a lot of stuff. Uh, just like, just stop, mate. Just allow yourself to stop. And I think, you know, I'm still, and it was the first time I really admitted it. And I, you know, I always talk about, you know, when we're setting goals, where they're running away from pain or trauma or, you know, we're chasing an outcome. Yeah. And generally running away from pain is quite a, a strong motive to get, get cracking. Yeah. And I, I still think to this day that I, I run and I work so hard and I'm so consistent with everything that I do in my life because I don't want to go back there. 100%. I know what it, 100%. People always say, like, how are you so disciplined getting through so much stuff? You know, with yeah. the training and what you're pushing yourself through and that's not enough. And then you're doing this in your spare time and you're doing this as a career. And I agree. Uh, I think it's amazing like how self-aware and self-reflective you are because... Um, I think there's always you need a catalyst to allow yourself to start doing it though, don't you? So it was your that realization on the staircase, and um, moving away really helped me for exactly those same reasons. Actually, it's crazy. Yeah, but it, it's interesting, even like for yourself, and the reason why when we first connected, like you from from what I've observed and watched and followed of your journey, you're exactly the same with how disciplined and committed you are. And I, I've got so much respect for people like yourself who can do that because it's on paper. It's easy to say, right. If you do this consistently enough, you chances are you'll probably get close to getting a result like this, right? Nothing's guaranteed, but you know, you're going that good stead. But what miss is missing for most people is they don't understand what's going on in the psychology for most people. Yeah. Right. Like there's something inside of you that, you know, if you could pull it apart, just like inside of me, that if you could pull apart my brain, there are some, some things are wired differently whether it's based off of pain or whether it's based off of pleasure, but I'm a big believer and I don't want to get rid of my pain. I, I thought for a long time that I, I needed to just move on from that past. And I, I'd almost done that. And literally until this week where I've been thinking about, it, I'm like, if I got rid of that, would I, I'd probably lose that drive that I have because my life is amazing right now and I, I love it. But I think deep down, I love having that. I still love to think about who I was because it yeah, fires yeah. me up yeah That's and i think incredible. you know people 
that's why, you know, I see a lot of men, they don't really make a change or people in general don't really make a, a dramatic change until they hit, you know, that, that, I guess, what would be rock bottom for, for themselves. And, you know, it might take a doctor's visit where they get told they have a metabolic health disease for them to get active or, um, you know, a breakup of a relationship or, you know, getting in trouble with the law or some, some form of addiction. So, you know, it's generally something like that before people go, whoa. I really need to need to change now. Yeah, no, it's crazy. There's a, I, I, it's really similar. I was, um, I'd moved up to Yorkshire from, um, yeah, from London for a, a job and um, work, like living with a mate that I used to grow up with. And then um, he met his wife now, which is amazing. And he left the company that we were at that he brought me up to join all this sort of stuff and did his thing. And I, and I ended up in this house with some people that I, the only reason why we had anything in common was alcohol, drugs, going out, everything yep. you just described. And I remember laying there one one night thinking, well, he's doing his thing. That's cool. What do I, should I go back home to my mates now? Should I do this? Or, And then I thought I'd sleep on it and just see how I feel. And I woke up in the morning and that was the, that was the big change in me, like absolutely fired up and then just cracked on and just changed the whole path really because I couldn't even really hold down jobs before that. In London, it was all right, but then after, it was very different. But then, what did you do then next? Yeah, so from from that point, it's just been the um, evolution. One thing, um, you know, I knew and I identified really early in my decision that when I wanted to change, because you, you know how I said just before, I, I made a decision I didn't want to drink, but I went to Brisbane and got on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I knew that. It, I it would... always starts off as a nice, innocent. Yeah, we'll have a beer, and then you oh, have another man. beer. Yeah. And then it's fucking 8am. So I I knew that I gave in to peer pressure and I knew that I, like I identified that early. So one thing that I um, did to put, you know, to set myself up for a better chance of changing was I told everyone I was doing a 16 week fitness challenge. Right. So in that I was not drinking and those 16 week challenges, I did eight back to back. So even my, my partner now, like, um, and what, what did, you hadn't planned to do eight, uh, four back to back. No, I just you literally to do got one through one and was like, I love that, and then just kept doing. It. And because I needed the excuse, yeah. If I didn't have the excuse, and like I got super fit and healthy, and I felt good, like I felt really good. But I knew I knew I needed the excuse. If I didn't have the excuse, I would have gone back to. to I I hundred percent know that if I wasn't didn't have that to the boys to go, I oh, know I can't drink because I'm you know, I'm four weeks into a 16 week challenge, then I would have caved or, you know, the peer pressure would have come on. So um, I unintentionally, but intentionally, like I'd set that up and just continued to do those just to keep my head above water until the point I built up enough confidence to just be like, nah, I'm fucking good. And now I'm really, you know, I'm really strong minded and can enjoy a few beers, but I stop as soon as I feel, you know, feel like I'm losing losing our side of things yeah um so i'm i feel like i'm really in control and who, who knows i'll i guarantee i'll probably fuck up at some point like i'm human but yeah, uh, yeah exactly so so far i'm going well um but yeah i think you know it was 2014 when that whole journey started i started sharing everything on instagram um sharing my whole journey of like you know there's this, if you go back go back to all my stuff you can see when i was a chippy and when i was you know, had broken noses and all getting all kinds of strife. <laughs> but then also you see this guy sharing books and starting to do videos, trying to share what I've been learning and 
you know, you see, you know, I was in network marketing, so you see me evolving and then speaking on stages and then, you know, got to where I am now where, you know, run a, a men's health company and all of that's evolved. And I was fortunate through that because I think I try to be as, you know, honest with how I feel even to this, you know, this day when I still struggle like everyone else at points in time, I try to be as relatable to um, everyone else, but I built a, um, a good, a good, I guess, support network and following through Instagram and uh, the podcast. And now here in Brisbane, we've got a really big community and, you know, COVID-19 has been uh, good for that because we've got guys from the UK, USA, Canada, and New Zealand, a part of the programs that I'm running. Awesome dude. It's um, yeah, it's been, been cool. That's so cool. And everyone can relate to you. That's the beauty. You're so authentic and you have been all the way through the post. That was like when we were talking about the uh, network marketing a couple of years ago, that was the keto. keto yeah. 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 Yep. And um, even then when I was looking at your post, I was like, oh, I can absolutely resonate with this dude. He's like on a similar path. Did you know at that point, had you had any idea that, cause you're your brand, aren't you? Essentially. Yeah. Right? It's, it's yeah. You did. Did you have an idea where you wanted to end up or? Nah. That's, you were like, you were happy because you were successful in network. Are you, are you doing it now yeah. or not? Nah, I still use the products. I just don't, I just put all my energy into this. Yeah. So but in the network marketing side, the recruitment is really driven now through webinars and, and, and calls like this, isn't it? Hence yep, why you're yep. so much more natural at this than I am. Cause hey, you've been doing you're, it. You're like, awesome at this. <laughs> you've been doing it for years, but, um, I can easily see why you were recruiting and good at that though. So just leave that behind and just focus solely on this though. Yeah. Um, was that an easy decision to make? It, it, it just evolved. And I, I've been, I'm always honest about this. Like people say, are you going to do the man that can project forever? I'm like, oh, I have no idea. Like, cause I, I just trust my gut and goes with what feels right for me. Like I've always, you know, one thing I'm the same as you, you know, you said you didn't hold many jobs down. So when I was trying to figure my stuff out and, you know, I was doing the, um, uh, the apprenticeship and then I was, I started doing Uber driving. I did, um, worked at a pub. Like I did all these things because when I didn't like them, I'd change them. And the same goes now. Like I, I, loved network marketing it taught me so many incredible skills i was successful in it um and i met a lot of great people but there came a point where i outgrew it what all it out you know i just felt i needed more and i never wanted to be a coach you know i remember back in 2017 uh yeah 2017 when people like can you coach me yours i can relate to you and i was like no way life coaches are people who have no idea what's going on (laughs) that was my opinion but then over time i was like and i've always um, you know, work and done events for mental health. I've been doing, you know, events for mental health and stuff over here since 2014. I just never really thought I would actually help in help men and, and sort of build their confidence and do all that sort of stuff. So where I am right now, I didn't, didn't know. And I have an idea of where I'd like to get to, but you know, that's going to, that could change. One, one thing could change that. Well, one conversation could change that. I don't know. Yeah, no, I love that. I love it. And it doesn't surprise you one one bit to see that people were looking at your post. So people via like Instagram and Facebook were contacting you saying, yeah. can you coach me? It's because yeah. when you're looking for a coach or a mentor, you, you just want it to be, I can't remember who it was I was chatting to now. I've done so many in a short space of time. Oh, it was Gary, <laughs> Gary King. And he was just like, you want someone who's been there, done it. They've got the experience. They've got through it, you know, they're credible and they've achieved, I don't know what you want to achieve or something like that. So people that are going through 
dark time. And I think it helped because you be in this, um, the rugby player and stuff like that. So people can see that you've, you're like a, a bloke's bloke that people identify yeah. with and all that kind of stuff. And you're talking about your feelings and you're being raw and authentic with it on yeah. social media. But I, I, and even touching on that, like I, I'm a, I've spent over $120,000 dollars on my own growth and through that I've, ma- I've made some bad choices right i've got some coaches who weren't the right fit for me and it's not yeah. because they're not good uh, it, like you said like i'm not i know i'm not the perfect fit for everyone right that's why i still get on the phone with every single person that even does any programs that i offer because i i i want people to be in and this sounds you know it might sound selective but it's my brand and i want to work with people that i'd have a beer with right yeah, yeah. So if if I don't feel like it's the same energy or you know you're not in it, I'm it's you know you're not the right fit for me and I'm honest with that. I don't want to just take your money. Or I don't just want people going through. It's because the the environment that I get for the men that come in is like I want you guys to be mates when you leave as well because I'm getting the right people in the room and it's not to say that I'm better than anyone or anything like that. I just know that I resonate with a certain type of person. There's you know you resonate with a certain type of person. There's other coaches out there that resonate with certain type of people. So you just got to yeah, keep exactly. looking until you find that, that right fit for yourself. I want to come to one of yours, actually. They, they, they look like a good, a lot of fun as well. You do the Maybe ice baths and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, no, I yeah. love it all. It's amazing. I'm conscious of the time, buddy, because you're going out for a, a run. A, a nice 10K run. With a mate. Um, yeah. Where can people... Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate yeah, it. I appreciate it. I want to chat to you next week anyway, just about other stuff. So I'll give you a call. Yeah. Selfish stuff. But um, how do people, um, where do they see you on like social media and stuff? Uh, yeah, I'm busiest on um, Instagram at Lachlan Stewart. So S T U A R T it's spelled. Um, I'll, I'll flick you that link, but then the website's the man that can project.com. Cool. That, yeah. I'll put that on the show notes and stuff. Legend. Mate, you're the pro now with the show notes and all that. I didn't do show notes. <laughs> on podcast I just like listen to years. podcasts when I'm like doing training and audio books and all that. So I just pick up some stuff. I don't even know what show notes mean, but it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so good oh, all right, buddy. Well, thanks so much. Really appreciate Thank you that. so much for having me. Enjoy your run. Thanks, brother. Cheers, dude.